Hi everybody, my name is Jenny. Welcome to my Emily podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Fabian, the founder of La Esquina de Abuela. Thank you for coming. Of course, thank you for having me. No, it's it's our pleasure. Um, I have so many questions for you. So okay. before I dive in, um, let, let's hear a little bit about your story first, because we're going to spend quite a little on your grandmothers. So. Okay. so my story in regards to, I mean, at what point, what point in life? I don't, what, whatever you want to share. What brought you to this point, to, to founding this amazing cultural art center, I would call it? Okay. Prior to Esquina de Abuela, I, I was uh, working in commercial real estate. You know, I got my license at a young age and I dabbed in and out of it for a while. Mm -hmm. But then, um, but then I, I stuck to it and I think I was in the industry for about eight years. Things were going well. Uh, the market crashed. I got a, um, you know, I went back to school. I got a master's in international real estate. Um, right before I started Esquina Abuela, I had actually gone to uh, the Warden School of Business to get mm -hmm. certified for something called the International Council of Shopping Centers. So imagine I left, I left, you know, I have this amazing picture, clean cut in a suit. Yeah. Coming back to Miami, ready to like, you know, take on Miami and, and sell five, 10, $20 million shopping centers. That's what I was working towards and groomed towards. I was already doing that, those type of deals as far as, uh, selling a shopping center, multi-bay warehouses. But none of this, you know, whenever I got a check, I never felt sentimental. I never got a tear coming down my eye. It wasn't a passion. Right. It was just something that I did because it gave me the freedom to uh, work when I wanted. Mm -hmm. I was my own boss. So that, that's what I really loved about real estate. Um, then when I came back, my grandmother had some violations on the property. And I said, you know, let me take care of these things and, and I'll fix up the property. Uh, during that same period, I think my mother wanted to sell the property and I decided that I wanted it for myself. So I started to clean it up, but it, but initially it wasn't that I had this master plan to do Esquina de Abuela. It really was to, uh, I believe my family was underselling the property. Mm -hmm. I knew the market was turning around. So I said, let me get in here. Let me clean it up in three weeks. And then, you know, I'll take the rest of the year trying to sell it and making a nice profit. Uh, that was the intentions. Right. But once I stepped into the property and after three weeks turned into three months of cleaning the property, I, I, I became more one in one with the property. I brought my first graffiti artist. Um, I believe it was, it's been five years now already, October uh, 2016. Right. Yeah. And then by November 2016, uh, I actually went with Tabitha, this author that's writing the book about my grandmother's life. We went to Cuba with my grandmother to get as much insight for where she lived. Uh, what you an know, experience her family. that must have been. Yeah, that was amazing to be able to you know accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, and then when we came back, I had this artist, Claudia Labianca, uh, do this piece. It's like a Cuban dollar bill with my grandmother in the middle. And that's kind of the piece that later on we came out with the logo mm -hmm. and represents Esquina de Abuela. So, you know, in, in a short period of time from 2015, 2016, everything completely changed. It went from me trying to fix the property and sell it to now getting more and more invested 
in in putting some art and, and seeing what I could do with the property. Um, and and then let me see, twenty sixteen. I lose my train of thought. So I, I believe twenty sixteen we tried to do an art basil, but we kind of we were we weren't ready. Right. So it, it, but we we did have artists, some international artists that came and stayed on the property, and then as a as a thank you. Um, for letting them stay at Esquina, they painted on my walls. And that's where the transition... So that, right, sorry to interrupt you. That's how the art started to come in. Correct. That is so interesting. The first one, it was, it was a, a guy that I met in the streets and he was doing some graffiti and I just captured it. When when he was done, I, I told him, hey, listen, I just, you know, I recorded what you did. You want it. And it turned into like, let's go hang out. And before you know it, he came to the property and he's the first one to do a mural at Esquina. His name is Miguel Hine. He's Costa Rican from Key Biscayne. So I'm really thankful for that first piece. And then uh, Claudia Labianca. Mm -hmm. I had met her at this place called Toe Jam in Wynwood. Did so, you always have an interest for art? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's crazy because, like I said, I stepped into like business. I, yeah. I've, also, I've been more into sales and business. But I, I found this book that my mom had put away from kindergarten. And when I opened and it says kindergarten, it says, what do you want to do when you grow up? It says artist. No. So now to be able to come full circle and to be surrounded by artists. I mean, Esquina de Huela has been a huge blessing into being able to host international artists, being able to do, you know, a big scale music videos with very well-known artist but to me the most important part is that being able to, to see the community miami yeah. broward west palm the tri-county area they've all been able to use the property i've, I've had right. so many talented people come through young people that are trying to make it and to be able to pr let them pr use esquina de abuela provide esquina de abuela as a platform for them to have a show has been priceless I think that's one of the amazing things that you're doing is not just honoring the place where your grandmother lived and her, her legacy, but you're creating this community cultural center and where Esquina de Huela is located. Mm -hmm. It's a place where people benefit from art, you know, especially kids. Yeah. So I, it's, it's just so interesting to hear the backstory of how it all mm -hmm. came to be. Because when you see it, it's like it makes so much sense that that's there, you know. I mean, it, it definitely has not been easy. I remember before I started skiing, I used to always read a lot of memes or different people that were succeeding and yeah. and the things they would say. And it's not till you go through it that you see that everything that has been said before, you have to do it. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's a lonely road to success. Uh, I was going to ask you, how did it feel when you had that realization that you were no longer going to be in your in your previous career, that this is what you wanted to do no matter what? Yeah. I mean, imagine I, I started to, to tap into real estate when I was 18 and 19 years old. Yeah. I would go to back in the days, is it Crescent Heights. They would they would sell, you know, some of the old buildings that were refurbished and sell them. As an 18 or 19 year old young man, I would go and I would act like my father was wealthy and I had money and tell them, oh, my father told me to come pick an apartment. 
And it was just a way for them to treat me with respect and as an adult. Wow. So so that's when I started to tap into real estate. So early on, um, why am I saying this? Because at 22, I already had my real estate license. So, mm-hmm. so I had my license for over 20 years. You, yeah, it must not have been easy, I'm assuming, to say goodbye to that side yeah. of your, your life. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I kept on going forward the Esquina and I kept on running into like walls and bricks and situations where I wasn't really sure if I would continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at some point I just told myself, listen, there's, you've done so many things in life and, and sometimes you don't, a lot of times, a lot of times you don't complete them. You just get bored, tired, and you just walk away. Um, but this time I said, I have to complete this. So I remember there was a, a story about, you know, some military guy that crossed the ocean with his boats. Mm-hmm. And then he told his men to burn down the boat. And when they ask him, Captain, but why? He's like, there is no turning back. We're going to win. And that is the only way we're going to get back. If not, we're going to die here. Failure is not an option, right? Failure is not an option. So at some point, when I was supposed to renew my license again for maybe the 10th time or 11th time, I decided not to renew it. I was burning the bridge. There was no turning back. There was Mm -hmm. no going back to real estate. I had to complete what I started. And I said, in the future, if I want to go back to real estate, I just have to take the course again, and I could always do that. But for right now, I just didn't want to get frustrated with whatever I was doing and just say, forget it. Let me sell and go back to real estate. So that was my way of, that was the no turning back point. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so sad how when, you know, we dive into these careers, we forget how much it's needed to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you, I, I don't know if it was like that for you, but uh, when I was, you know, doing something else that I was no longer passionate about, I felt like I was living my life Friday through Friday. You know what I mean? Like, oh, waiting just for the weekend, waiting, waiting for, for the, the weekend. weekend. And that was a big, one of the big aha moments. Like, I don't want to live like that. You know, I'm, I'm coasting through five days, um, l- you know, just getting by. And then just really feeling alive or two, that's that's stupid. Okay. So it's, yeah. I, I wish more people, do, you know, did it. Like, I studied, I was indoctrinated or groomed, to, <laughs> you know, to do something. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm helping millionaires make more millions and mm-hmm. I get a piece of the pie and I should be happy with that. But that just didn't fulfill me. Yeah, I've done projects for kids i've had people come there and thank me for for allowing them to use the space it was their first time djing it was their first time presenting their art it was their first time performing outside of their family like all of those things mean a lot to me i've had parents thank that's priceless me. yeah priceless that's priceless i've had parents thank me like wow you made my kids dream come through so all these things are it's, it's what fuels me to continue yeah. You know, because sometimes I'm like, ah, does this project really mean anything? Should I have sold it? And and I could be in a nice car and I could be in a nice apartment looking at the beach and I could, you know, have all these other things that everybody else in Miami likes. But I said, you know what? I, I think I've had a pretty decent life. It's not over, but I've had a pretty decent life. So if I have to sacrifice and go through some rough periods to create something amazing and great, then so be it, you know? Yeah. And it's going to pay off. I mean, it, it already is. It, exactly. Exactly. Is. So yeah. let's talk about Abuela. Yeah. Yeah. Abuela. Abuela. Soyla. You're an amazing Abuela. 
Um, so her name was? Her name from birth is Soila Caridad Peña. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, she was one of 15. Wow. So my great-grandmother at 15, and she was the only girl. So my great-grandmother wanted a girl. She kept, boy, boy, she kept boy, 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 boy. Finally, she had the girl. When she finally had the girl, she says, we can't leave this girl alone. She needs another girl. So she had another one, and it was a boy again. So <laughs> they're done. Oh, my gosh. So she was number 14. Yeah. Out of, you know, a lot of boys. So if you can imagine, she grew up very tough. Mm -hmm. And by 17, 18, she, you know, she found somebody to get married to get out the house. She wanted to find right. out the house. Back in those days, you wanted to get the house, you had to leave marriage. Yeah, that was normal. Yeah. So, I mean, her story is really extensive. I mean, just in, just in that alone, when she got married, you know, uh, soon after that, she, she was pregnant. And um, she had my uncle. And then within the same year, she had uh, my mother. Yeah. So my mother and uncle were born the same year. So they're what they call the Irish twins. Oh, I know yeah. That. Irish yeah. twins? The yeah. Same year? Okay, 1948. When they're, they're very close, you know, together. Yeah. But my grandma was a tough lady that back in, you know, in, already in the 40s, she didn't put up with shit. You know, like I've talked to some women and I've mentioned to them, oh, my grandmother was married four times. And they're like, oh, era tu abuela era candela. I'm like, no, no, my abuela was not candela. My grandma didn't put up with shit. You know, there's women that have been married for 50 years and they put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. My grandmother, as soon as somebody did something wrong, she's like, you know, moving on. Yeah. And uh, and that's why she was married for four times. But, uh, yeah, she's definitely a tough cookie. I think she got her license to drive before some of her brothers. Her dad, Her dad gave her English lessons. She got sewing lessons, typing, mechanografia, which is typing. Right. You know, they prepared her, uh, you know, to do well in life. It sounds like they treated her, um, I don't want to say like one of the boys, but there, was, there wasn't any like, oh, you're a girl, stay in the kitchen. Right. And that's amazing. Right. That Whether they did it out of the horror or whether it was right. her being the tough one. It doesn't matter. She got it. She got it. <laughs> Yeah, she got it. Um, so what happens in, is it 53? Well, I mean, um, what is it? July 17, 1953, we, we know that that was like an important day in the Cuban Revolution mm -hmm. where they started. I guess it was kind of considered the beginning of the Cuban Revolution, which is not to be confused with communism, you know? Yes. A, a lot of people have misconceptions. They want to put everything together but but it's not we have to state facts and, and really understand the history but for her uh important dates was imagine one day you know this beautiful woman of mother of two tells her my mom i'll be back and then takes off to la sierra maestra she goes up to the mountains to fight with guns um i know i have friends of mine that had their grandmothers and they would go they would act like they were going to go clean clothing, mm -hmm. right, in the river. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they had food, guns, letters, supplies. Mm -hmm. So all the positions are important. That's a very important position to play yeah. in, 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 in a revolution. 
But my grandmother was a little bit different. Since she grew up with boys, she didn't want to like, go I'm not gonna wash. Carry food. She wanted to go up and, you know. So she was part of that. She never really spoke too much about, you know, things of violence. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to relive that or talk about that. But I do know that she saved somebody's life. I found this out five years ago when I went to Cuba. They told me the story, which is amazing. She got a, a man that she must have cared for as a friend. And uh, I guess they were going to kill him. And she dressed him up as a woman, put a pillow, and says, get out the way. This woman's like, you know, she's about, about to, to have a baby. Birth? and Get out, get out. And because of who she was, they allowed her to get this guy through and save oh his life. God. You know, because even though he was from the other side, he, she was a friend. So she wasn't. Some people just think of ideology and then they forget about humanity. You know, my grandma was wow. still very humane in understanding that maybe this person is against us, but he is a friend. This is this, this person yeah. does not deserve to die. I'm I'm speechless right now because what you just said, I it's it's so up to date, right? Like if you look at our political climate right here in the US right now, you know, so many people are subscribed to ideologies and that's all they're loyal to. They don't stop the to think about, yeah. They don't think about think the human about factor. The the person. Yeah. There, there are people. There are mm-hmm. human beings behind all these opinions and whatever is being said. Yeah. If if remember, if you reduce um, how we think or feel about each other, you know, if you say this person is subhuman, this person is an animal, this person is not worthy, then it's easier to mistreat somebody. Because yeah. if somebody's your equal and they're human, they deserve respect regardless. Right. You know, I mean, that that's the right thing to do. Not everybody does it, but that's what we should do. Exactly. So she was fighting in, in La Sierra Maestra with Fido, with, uh, with Raul, with all of them. And um, were there other women there? Do you know? Um, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm guessing there should have been, but like, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get all those details. That would have to be somebody else that maybe has. Right. A book or something. I haven't read the book Uber Matos. Neither I have I. I should because I'm sure there's a lot of good information there as well that I could tie into maybe my grandmother. <clears throat> but let's see. She also got shot. She got shot and she never really spoke to anybody about it. It wasn't until she fell, broke her hip that she was in Jackson. I was with her 21 days taking care of her. And I kept on noticing this this thing and, and I asked her about it and she told me it was a bullet and then I asked her on different occasions to see if maybe it, the story changed and she kept on saying oh don't worry about it. it's a bullet I asked the doctor and it, it was definitely a bullet that she received to the knee so imagine she got shot she saved lives and then um, you know there's this famous picture of my grandmother with with a with a, a M1 rifle and a gun a revolver on her side this is a famous picture that I have of her she was going to a trial because her younger brother got killed. And even though her younger brother got killed by Batista, even though she won, you know, in the Cuban revolution, all she had to do was stay quiet. If my grandma stayed quiet, they would give her a car, house, whatever she right. wanted. And she would have kept on, you know, building up um, within the ranks of the communism. But she says, this is not what my brother died for. This is wow. not what we fought for. So I put you in power. I'm going to take you down. 
So on April 17, 1961, what we know as Bay of Pigs, Bahia de Cochino, the Cuban Missile Crisis, there's movies about this. On that day, while, you know, JFK and and, and the USSR were, were fighting and all this, like, big things happened, there was this country woman that started to do Contra Revolución, along with Camilo Cienfuego, along with Uber Matos. And she was arrested April 17, 1961, for the first time. My mom was 13 years old, and she remembers the Jeeps coming to take her mom, to take her mom her mother. and her stepdad. Damn. So they took her, and my, my mom didn't see her mom again for three years. Three whole so, years. So, you know, you know, from 13 to 16, these are formative years for a young lady. And unfortunately, my mother didn't have her mother for support. Because my mother, you know, my grandmother was an amazing woman. But as a mother, sometimes when, when you do amazing things, you fall short on other things. Yeah. So, you know, so she definitely loved my mother. But because she was in the revolution, fighting for the country, then contra revolution, then in jail. Yeah. She came out, continued to fight and went to jail again. Two times. Continue, came out, continued to fight and went back again. Oh Three times. Three That's times. how badly she wanted to. You know? Yeah. Because she, you know, like I put him in power. So it's my job to take him down. She felt a sense of responsibility, right. which is so amazing because I I don't think many people had the, you know. The, Man, once you go in jail three the years. The balls to do something like you that. You go to jail three days, you don't want to go back. And Imagine another thing years. is to say, this is not what I came here for. You know what I mean? Like how she said, this is not what I fought for. This is not what my brother So many people would would make excuses and would, because nobody wants to be wrong, right? So the fact that she had the, you know, like the the strength to say and the courage to say, no, this isn't what you guys said this was going to be. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. She's that's very why that's woman. why this this project is so important to me because it really yeah. is an amazing story. It really is an inspirational story of integrity. You know, because a lot of us, you know, um, a lot of us can start a mission, and if that mission is off, it's like ya estamos montado en el caballo. You know, we're yeah. already on the horse. Continue, continue. And I, and I feel that that's what's happening in Cuba. In Cuba, you have a lot of people that instead of being mad at them, I feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Because they've been with communism for 60 years. Right. And you have to understand that if you were 20 years old, now you're 80, right? And yeah, if you're 80 years old, your whole life was dedicated to something. You know how hard it is to say my whole life was wrong? I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I messed up. No, it's you can say whatever you no, want to say. So, so this you know, America. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure who's gonna be listening, but but for her, for all these people that were thirty years, forty years, fifty years, it, it it's a lot mm-hmm. for you to say, "Wow, I'm wrong." You know, yeah. the comparison now would be people that grew up being racist. Mm-hmm. You know, any white American that grew up being racist, sixty years of living with this lie, yeah, of of thinking that you are better than another human. It's sometimes really hard to take, wow, for 60 years I've been a piece of shit and I've been wrong. So it it takes a lot for people to- There's ego involved there that has to be removed in order for you to be able to say, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that was a comparison. Yeah. No, it's perfectly said. And the fact that she was able to do that 
so quickly. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's impressive. Because I know people that it took them years to be able to say, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Or I was wrong or whatever. But she was on it, man. Yeah. She had letters from Camilo Cienfuegos. So who knows if she had communication with her mouthos. But I know in Cuba, there were letters that were from Camilo to my grandmother. Then when she was arrested, they took. My only hope is that hopefully those were stored away and they still exist. I hope yeah. one day they, they, they appear. But yeah, she was definitely, you know, early on with, with doing the contract. This year, we just celebrated 60 years of the Cuban, of the Bay of Pigs. Right. So we actually had an event. We had a Movimiento San Isidro event at Esquina de Abuela on that day. For me, that was like, wow. Celebrating, you know, my grandmother's 60th year of being arrested, 60 years of Bay of Pigs, you know? So for me, it was an honor to be part of El Movimiento San Isidro. Uh, through Rasandino, which is one of the, the founding members. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was here, and and we did an event just to to honor this movimiento. That now, as we know, November fifteenth is going to go back out in the streets, and hopefully, yeah. you know, we could see a Cuba free in, within our lifetime. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it's about time. It's about time. And so many people suffered, you know, and, and did so much, like your grandmother. Mm-hmm. It's it's time, all those efforts. <clears throat> and all these young people, because Cuba has so much talent. Yes. Doctors, engineers, artists, musicians, yeah. craftsmen, so many, you know, people that, that can sell their art. You mm-hmm. know, right now there's this whole movimiento is like, nft cuba art so these yes. artists in cuba are able to sell nfts and 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 have a life for themselves mm-hmm. so like i commend all these movements that are helping out the cubans there and and once cuba is free i i, I know there's gonna be so many people here that are gonna be willing to go over there and and help absolutely help bring cuba yeah. up to date you know it, it's so interesting because with everything that the communist regime took away they somehow were able to understand the importance of art and have always, like, it's like a dog on the leash, you know, like you let go a little bit and then you pull back. <clears throat> so they let art flourish and then they, they they put a cap on it. But at least people have. Our artists are still there in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Well, my thing with that um, is... <sighs> The Cubans, this is my, my, I, you know, what, what I think in regards to that. I think the Cubans, you know, the Castro regime has used the artist because artists romanticize anything. Yes. There's people like Silvio Rodriguez that, mm-hmm. that he got, he has all these, he's a great writer. People love his, his words, but he also, threw in the communist idealism, romanticism. So yeah. I, I feel that the Castro regime for a long time used the artist to romanticize in poetry, in letters, in books, in music, right. what they were doing. But now the artists are against them. They've lost one of their biggest weapons, right? Which were exactly. the artists. Now the artists 
are are waking up and saying, you know, it's been a while that they've been doing this, but now more and more are saying, we don't want part of this because now you're taking our freedom. That you know, you're taking our art, you're beating our people, you know. Yeah. So now the artists are standing up, and now they've lost the people that are most influential. I believe artists in Cuba and the mm -hmm. U.S. and the world are very influential people. Absolutely. They, they carry the consciousness of, of its culture, you know? I mean, whenever anybody, a government wants to control a group of people, who do they go after first? The artists. The artists, writers, The intellects, the writers, yeah. You know, painters. Those are the first people that are going yeah. the chopping block. It's, it's not by coincidence. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, the artists are finally saying no more. And they're waking up the people. I mean, the protest that happened on July 11th mm -hmm. was never seen before in Cuba. No. To that magnitude. And now November 15th is supposed to be even larger. Yes. And hopefully everything goes well. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it's peaceful. You know, the thing is that when you see so many people unhappy with the, you know, with what's going on, mm -hmm. it's time to step down and allow some of this to take place. You know, yeah. there has to be major changes because the, the people that are hungry, that are starving, are making an effort to come out and show their discontent. Right. So hopefully it doesn't turn into a civil war. Hopefully it's not a bloodshed. Yeah. Hopefully it's, you know, it's, it's a peaceful transition, which is what we could hope for. Let's see. We'll be praying for sure for that. Um, how did your grandmother make it over here, Fabian? Well, um, in 1980, my my father, mother, my sister, and I came from Cuba. We came in. Oh, so Mariel. you were born there? Yeah, I was born in Cuba. I, didn't I was born in Camagüey. I thought you were born here. No, no, I was born in Cuba. So, how old were you when you came? Four. Here? Do you remember anything? Yes. About... It was very, uh, it marked me. It definitely marked me because we left my father, since he was a political prisoner, we were supposed to leave. We had a visa to go to Venezuela. Mm hmm. But when he was finalizing the paperwork, they put some signs up that if you were a political prisoner, because my father was also a political prisoner, but a little bit different, um, you could leave to the U.S. So my dad says, forget Venezuela, let's go straight to Miami. And so so <clears throat> we went to Havana, we went to Marianao, I believe. And Oh, that's where I was born. Yeah? Yeah. And then, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are Marianao, and then from there, Puerto Mariel, mm -hmm. and then we left on a boat. On a, on a, I think it was a shrimp boat. You know, imagine me, four years old, my sister, two years old, my mom, my dad, jumping on this boat, ready to cross to come to America. Yeah. And then the boat started to sink. <gasps> so the U.S. Coast Guard, U.S. Navy, they sent little boats out. They rescued us. They brought us to the, the big Coast Guard cutter. And, uh, you know, I remember an American giving me my first green apple and, I guess they did all the medical checkups, and when we were released, it was to get on a helicopter, a military helicopter. And when they put me in the military helicopter, excuse me, when they put me on the military helicopter, it was, they strapped us on, and they left the door open. I was four years old. When the helicopter took off, I felt it in my stomach. You know, like if you were in a roller coaster. Yeah. And, and it was adrenaline. So at four years old, I got my first taste of adrenaline. I think I liked it. <laughs> since then, I've jumped off airplanes and oh my God. I've done a lot of like dangerous things throughout yeah. my life that 
when I eventually started to research more and more about my life, I figured out it was because of that. It goes back to that moment. It goes back to that moment that I got a taste of adrenaline at a young age. And then, you know, throughout my life, I've done a lot of things that some people call risky, chasing that adrenaline. Yeah. You're trying to recapture that moment. Right. So my poor mom had to go through a lot with me, you know, escaping here, there, just doing all, you know, all type of like travesuras. So the four of you came but your grandmother okay. I'm sorry I, I no, no, digressed it's... so we came right to to the US uh-huh. so my grandmother my parents we went to Miami then Puerto Rico my my grandfather was in Puerto Rico on my dad's side <laughs> unfortunately my parents decided to split up in Puerto Rico and my mom came to Miami okay so here's my mom we came to Miami Hialeah you know I grew up in Hialeah so when they asked me what part of Cuba are you from I said Hialeah Hialeah <laughs> So in in Miami, so imagine my mother with two kids alone. When my grandmother found this out, she says, no, you know, so she left her two-story house and her son was a doctor. Unfortunately, he still believed in the regime. My grandma was just, you know, living. Yeah. After three times going to jail, she just, you know, she just accepted the fate. I mean, what else? She literally did everything she yeah, could. Yeah. What else was there le- left for her yeah. to do, you know? So when she found out my mom was alone in Miami, she said, no, no, I need to go to my daughter. She needs oh, me. So with my father's visa that we were going to come to Venezuela, she was able to transfer to her name because she's still part of the family. And she left to Venezuela in 81. By herself? With her husband. Oh, with her husband. Okay. With her husband, which is, his name is Angel Guerra, which is where she got the last name Guerra. So my grandmother's name, you know, uh, when she came to the U.S. and when she and in her death certificate when she passed on, was Soila Guerra, Z O I L A Guerra, which yeah. sounds like Soy S O Y L A Guerra, yeah, which is I am law. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I am war. Right. So what a powerful name for such a tough woman. Yeah. So after about a year and a half, two years in Venezuela, she was able to come to Miami. So she came to Miami in 83. She came in 83. She started to do what immigrants in the 80s were doing. She's selling selling tomatoes, lemons, flowers, whatever she could hustle to save up for three years. And in 1986, she bought the home that now we call Esquina de Abuela. Beautiful. So in 86, she bought this little wooden home with a little fence around it. And even in the front, it had like four steps and then tierra. Not even, it didn't have even the pavement that's there now. Oh, wow. By 1990, four years later, she saved up and she bought the lot next door. By 96, she was able to get a refinance for the property, uh, change the zonification from residential to commercial and, um, and build what would be now like the business side of the home. Oh, nice. You know? And what she did was she did upholstery, furniture. Okay. Which, you know, which nowadays you call upcycling, which is really important because it's it's consumerism, you know, just wasting, wasting, mm-hmm. wasting. Here's something that's still good. Let's fix it. Yeah. And let's, let's reuse it. Let's give it a new life. So right. that, you know. By doing this, she was really doing something that's good for for the world, for humanity, of not just continue to purchase, purchase, or actually fix things up. So, and she also, she, whether she did it with my grandfather, my, 
um, they would pick up furniture that people would throw away and fix them up and then sell them. She was a visionary. And then eventually she had people that would go pick up the furniture and bring it to her. And then eventually she hired people to work there. So she went from her and my my grandfather doing this. And I call him my grandfather. He's my Mm step-grandfather. But since he came to this country, he is like the image of grandfather. He was, yeah. Which his name is super interesting too. Oh, his name is Angel Guerra. So it's the angel of war. He is the angel of war, and then she is Soy La Guerra. So she's like, I. if you are the angel of war, then I am war. So you are my angel. Oh, my God. So it was you just can't amazing. make this stuff up, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. What a team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he would just do whatever she said because she was a tough woman. And she yeah. He was like, you know, a strong man. With any other man, like even, even in his old age, he, he was ready to like knock people out. He was a boxer in Cuba. I was going to say, for... To, to have a woman like that as your partner, you need to be a strong man, yeah. right? You have to be a strong man, but then soften up for her. Right. That's what I mean. Like, a str- people think, you know, it, it means like you're like a beta male or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, like you need to be yeah, as still- strong as her in order to be able to back her up mm-hmm. and and do whatever you do in your partnership. Yeah. I mean, we already know the, the future is female. Yeah. Right? Uh, what is it Beyonce says? Girls rule the world. Mm-hmm. You so, know what I mean, I think girls all have always ruled the world. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some people are starting to notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, the woman is the closest thing to God. Yeah. Like, who else brings life to earth? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's as close as you get to God. Yeah. Not only do you bring a human to earth, and then you also feed it. Then right, you nurture you sustain it. Sustain it. So. Yeah. It's so I I believe in alpha males. Yes. But then I believe also in alpha females. And I yeah. do believe in and having each other's backs. Right. And creating this, you know, team. Because yeah. I mean, you really can't have one without the other. It's the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, strong women are very much necessary and part of, of the tapestry of life. Most definitely. Yeah. And so then, how know. does it feel to carry on her legacy? Oh, it's an honor. Yeah. It's an honor, you know, and it's, and I'm just glad it happened because I could have just continued to stay doing what I was doing. And I really don't think it's as impactful. I think Miami has 24,000 realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in commercial real estate, there's less of us. Um, but like I said, one more or one less realtor isn't as necessary. But I think what Esquina de Abuela has accomplished and what we're planning to do in the future, I think that that's a one of one. That's right. a more rare thing. My grandmother's story is rare. The opportunities we've given to people, <clears throat> the people we've housed, the people we've helped, the things that we've been a part of, it's just, it's grander than anything I could have imagined. And we're not done. It's just the beginning. Yes. This is the, I call this the foundation. Exactly. What we've been building up to now is the foundation. So now we could continue to build on top of that. Right. This is a blueprint. How do you think she would feel about what Esquina Abuela has become? Well, when she turned 88, which, um, Right now, we're about to come on uh, November 26, 2016. 
Claudia La Bianca, this Italian Sicilian artist has been in Miami since she was 18, created this amazing piece, like a Cuban dollar bill with my grandmother. And then this other artist, Marcelo from Milan, also Italian, did the Cuban flag. Both were completed on that day. And on that day, we had a return from Cuba. I think it was right after Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and um, my grandmother, for the first time ever, had her two kids, her three grandkids, and her two great-grandkids present. Oh, wow. So that was really the first time we had it, the whole, you know, that immediate yeah. family together. And we took pictures in front of the mural. Tabitha was there. Other friends were there. And it really was a special moment, you know, to have that. And we're about to, we're about to step into five years. So at that moment, we only had maybe three, four murals. Mm -hmm. And she was able to see that. By the time she was 90, we probably had closer to 20 or 30 murals. And we were able to celebrate her 90th birthday there and invite her friends and family. And we had this amazing uh, Cachita Lopez was able to sing for her, this amazing Cuban singer. That I'll speak, you know, about her now. Um, she was the first one to, to do it at an event at Esquina de Abuela. So she's a very special person to Esquina de Abuela. Yeah. That's amazing. And There's been a lot of women. If you think about it, Claudia Bianca. I she was going to, you literally amazing. took the words out of and my mouth. Cachita Lopez, and that. she did, uh, you know, she did the first event and then also sang for my grandmother her birthday. She also celebrated her dad's birthday there. Rest in peace. That's so, you know, <clears throat> just the impact that all these artists have had on the space and now we've been able to amplify that and, right. and, and and give back to the community locally and internationally. It's been just amazing. I'm I'm speechless. I think that this is such an amazing thing that you're doing. Thank you. you know, and I've seen your posts, especially with the kids, what you do with kids in the schools and their faces, how they light up with all the art. It's just like I. I think there should be like a esquina de abuela in every neighborhood. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of the goal. Like it, this was not the goal from the beginning. Everything has been kind of like a work in progress. Everything has been very organic. This was not no I came with a master plan and this was what it is. It just kind of because of necessities. You know, when Cachita and I got together and she decided to do events there, I was running into a financial situation where we did a you know uh, a deal mm -hmm. that she would host so many events during this time period and she was able to pay me that up front that was a blessing because we needed it at the time we were right. going through some difficulties and then after that we we still were a little bit in a, in a tight place right that was march 2018 and then by the, the following month, we we still needed something. And I remember talking to this man, and he was talking to me about Airbnb. And I told him, but the property's not ready. It still needs a lot of repairs. It still needs a lot. He's like, it doesn't matter. Just do it. Just do it and, and, and put the price low, and you're going to be able to like, yeah. <clears throat> get additional funds you need. And I did it. So in April 2018, we started to do Airbnb as well to get funding. And that was, wow, what an amazing experience. 
because I've, I I love traveling. You know, that, that's right. my passion. I've traveled to, you know, 43 countries. So I've seen the world. And now was my turn to bring the world to me. Yeah. To bring the world to Esquina, to bring the world to Alapada. And, and that experience was amazing. It, you know, it lasted about nine months. And I brought 240 reservations from people from all over the world, from South Korea, from Russia, from Norway, from Switzerland, you know, from, um, from Nigeria, from Argentina, from everywhere around the world, people came. And we put the price really low. And when people would come, I would give them a tour, talk to them about my grandmother, talk to them about the graffiti, and then apologize for the place not being in the best conditions, but telling them that the funds that we're receiving is going to help right. better things. And, you know, and we got great uh, people that came there. I, I met some amazing people that we're still connected with and still friends with. <clears throat> this, this Friday, I have... Uh, a French photojournalist coming for the third time. He's been documenting what we've been doing. That's incredible. And when he originally arrived, he came as an Airbnb with another guy. And he mentioned that he wanted to do a music video for somebody. He wanted to do like work for free. Mm -hmm. So I connected another young man, Lotus Hill from Miami. He's a he's an up and coming artist. I connected him and, and he got a music video done. And now here, this guy, Antoine, is coming for the third time. He was here in 2019, and he documented everything. Imagine having pictures of Esquina de Abuela, people in Alapada, yeah. now being exhibited in a museum, not a museum, a gallery in Paris. Right. That's mind-blowing. And then having articles written in a French magazine, in a magazine in Barcelona. You know, so like these are just things that were not part of the plan. But as we continue to move forward, right. it's just more and more amazing things and people that um, one thing leads to another correct yeah and it's i mean your grandmother's story and what she did is so incredible it only makes sense to have worldwide involvement you know i mean we have we started with one two three at the moment we have at esquina 75 graffiti artists from around the world some of them legendary incredible. people that are in the museum of the graffiti some of them have been doing this for 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, you know. And now almost all my walls are taken up. So now through something negative, every time something negative happens, we have to just step back and not let it consume us and understand yes. that it's the universe guiding us in a different direction. That's such a good lesson to learn, you know. Yeah, Sometimes we get so caught up in the obstacles that it's it's good to realize like wait hold on maybe that's not the way maybe i need to go this other way mm. yeah like you said it's the universe nudging you like hey don't mm. go that way you know yeah, yeah and, and what that said was after nine months of airbnb i ran into a situation where the airbnb then had to be shut down and um and and i thought i'm like wow after i worked so hard and you know, i started with two airbnbs now i started with six airbnbs you know right. I, I felt that what happened was something unfair but and i was so disappointed <clears throat> but because of that because i was running a skiing and because i was running you know these underground events mm -hmm. because i was running um the airbnb with six six different rooms 
you know, the amount of time that it consumed for me to talk to each of these people, like I started to do before Airbnb experience started, I was already doing it, which is actually going with, with some of the, the Airbnb, I would take them to the bakery. I would take them to the beach. I would take them to so a nightclub. Like I would experience. take them to Wynwood. Yeah. So, yeah. So before Airbnb created the experience, we were already doing this. And, and this is how we got top ratings because, okay, maybe you were paying $30 for a room. It was super cheap. But then on top of that, you had someone like myself that is that loves Miami and then I'm right. giving you a tour. And so you're getting the real tour, not the, the like tour. just South Beach, yeah. typical, you know, Miami stuff. You're getting like the nice bakery experience. Yeah, yeah that's and amazing. Then, and then imagine um, I would have some clients, they would arrive, you know, some guests, they would arrive. <clears throat> And their first question is like, is it safe here? Oh, I see. And I'm like, yes, why? She didn't know the taxi driver told me to be careful. Oh. The guy at the airport told me to be careful. The guy from, uh, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, when you come into the U.S., yeah, the, the guy you, that takes your that's passport. Right. That's the customs agent. Customs, the customs yes, agent. you're right. So the customs agent saw the address. He's like, oh, you better be careful there. So imagine that. So right away, I'm already dealing with the negative, like guests arriving and are scared. They're scared, yeah. So then I would have to, you know, tell them, listen, you know, at nighttime, you have to be more careful. But during the daytime, it's completely safe. So I helped transition what people thought of mm -hmm. Alapata. Before, you know, because Alapata is now a hot commodity, but it, it wasn't it before. A lot of like people that. like want to yeah. go in there for development. Now we have three huge art institutions that are mm -hmm. part of Alapata and, and, and new buildings. And so all of this is great. And Alapata is definitely um, on the rise. Yeah. But one of my main things is to not forget about the people, right. the local people. As money comes, pours in from New York, California. We can't forget about the local people, the people that that made Miami what it is, mm -hmm. you know, so that they're going to need our help as well. And and that comes into after working 2000. I moved into the property 2015. I incorporated Gina La Abuela in 2016. Um, 2017, you know, we did an Art Basel. 2018, we did an Art Basel. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people in Miami don't don't see value right away, mm -hmm. right? So as I spoke to a lot of people, and a lot of people use Esquina, when it came to Art Basel, you know, there were there were other nicer places, right? you know, shinier toys, and, and some of the people just went that way. But I did have this young lady uh, named Angie. Angie, um, she came from New York, and we had spoken about doing something together for Basel. And she brought 31 artists from, from New York. And they took over Esquina de Abuela and, and they did the first, you know, amazing Art Basel event where to see 15, 20, 30 artists working together to, to transform the space and create what was created was magical. That really was magical to like, you know, everybody just showed up and it, and it wasn't about money. It was like, what do we have? Right. Like, what art do we have? What things do we have? What can we create? And it was just so authentic that for me, that was just a magical year. And, you know, so hard work, 2015, 16, 17, 
17 was mostly artists, international artists, badass international artists that stayed there. So that was magical in, in, in and of itself. And in 2018, we created our first Art Basel, real Art Basel event, mm -hmm. which was more than just the artists, but actually bringing people in. And then by 2019, as we were doing Art Basel again, now, now we're doing three or four different shows. And this time we come out on the new times, you know? Um, and for me, it was so important because for such a long time, nobody understood what I was doing. Yeah. You know, my family was disappointed in me. My girlfriend at the time was, you know, she she tried to be as supportive as she can. But everybody was used to like Fabian. Like I worked my ass off to to get a degree and, and, and to be in a suit and, and to work. So now they see me go to Alapada and I'm throwing trash away and I'm painting and I'm cleaning and I'm, I'm doing all of this stuff that, this is not what I studied for. So they just wouldn't understand why I was in this neighborhood and working these things that that I they thought I shouldn't be doing. This is why I really haven't had support yeah. from a lot of people just because they thought... When you're they, starting they, on uncharted territory, it's hard for people to be supportive mm -hmm. and because they don't understand what you're doing. They don't doing. understand the vision. Yeah. They just see like this old home that needs repairs. They see a problem. They see a problem and they see like, you're in a rough neighborhood. What are you doing yeah. in this neighborhood? These are the things that made me want to just quit. Just of sell course. this place, get the money and run. Like, forget it. You did what you did. But instead I said, you know what? I have all this. Now I have more free time that I was dedicating to Airbnb. So I said, let me get more involved in, in politics. Not politics, but what's happening in the community. Right. And then I joined something called the ANA. Alapada Neighborhood Association. And then, you know, and by joining that, um, I met some great people that cared about Alapada and wanted to see, you know, uh, things progress for its citizens and for the community. So it was nice to be in that environment with people that actually cared about the community. Yeah. And in there, uh, actually through a connection with somebody else, I met Yariel, which he was in charge of... of I think it was the, the net office, neighborhood enhancement team. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he was a great help. He was really a great help in, 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 in me integrating to what's happening in Alapada. So now I'm leaving my walls from Esquina de Abuela to tapping into what's going on in Alapada. And uh, one day he reached out to me. He says, hey, listen, on, on this day, we're going to be painting, physically painting, uh, Comstock Elementary because they need some help getting it ready for the school year. I think you should come. And it was probably one of the, you know, the best things I could have done because when I went there, uh, the chief of commander of police, that I, later on we found out, I think we went to college together. Oh my um, goodness. Took a picture with, uh, at the time, Willie Gore, which was the commissioner for many years of Alapada. And, and other, you know, police officers and business owners that showed up to put physical work into helping the community, helping the schools, which for me was an honor. You found your tribe. Yeah, it, it was yeah. it was great. It was great to find people that were willing to help out the community, you know? And um, so we took a picture together. That was nice. But then I got a chance to speak to the, <clears throat> to the principal. And I told her, listen, I have a place down the block. 
I've dedicated it to my grandmother. I brought all these artists. I would love to bring some of these artists to paint your walls. She's like, oh. she's like, oh, we don't have a budget. I'm like, that's fine. I mean, I just want you to give us permission yeah. to paint the wall. And when she told me yes, I found the first artist, uh, Rigo Leon. He's a Cuban artist. And he was the first artist to paint at Comstock Elementary. The first collab between, you know, Comstock Elementary, an artist, and the school system. So that was the first. And then there was the second, and there was the third, and the fourth. And at this moment, Comstock Elementary has 25 artists. That's amazing. <clears throat> they have painted the whole school. Um, I've put in the paint. I've put in the scaffolds. The artists put in their time. Nobody got paid. Not the artist, not myself. We didn't ask for the school budget to give us any money. We haven't asked anybody. We did that ourselves, you know? And that for me is like, wow, beautiful. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and then even during our basil, like there's this video of having all the after school kids. I brought Frankie, Frankie Flo from New York. He's a, a freestyle soccer player. So he came and he did all his tricks and the kids were going wild. And then over here we have pizza that, that we, we brought in. And then we have this collective called Trust Your Struggle Collective. Trust Your Struggle. It's a beautiful name. I love that. Yeah. They've been around for about 16 years and they go around the world helping, you know, n impoverished and, and needy places to create art and programs uh, for the kids. Um, so when I found out about them, I, you know, for nine months, 10 months, I, I, I spoke to, you know, different members and I convinced them to come to Alapata and they, they spread their love in Alapata. You know, they painted at the school. They did two amazing murals. They painted at Esquina and in other locations as well. So very fortunate to have people that they hear my story out and want to help out. Because sometimes you you run into artists and they say, what's the budget? Yeah. When they say, what's the budget? I'm like, well, we don't have any budget. We're, we're <laughs> working to get a budget. But yeah. right now, it's like I'm putting the paint. I'm putting the scaffolds. You can put in your talent. Right. It's all about coming together and community. Yeah. Yeah. It's... <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so, I mean, and, and from Maya Angelou, I mean, I'm sorry, from Comstock Elementary, that principal connected me to the principal of Maya Angelou. And for me, imagine Maya Angelou, this, you know, the, just the name alone. Yes. And to know the history that this woman in 1995 actually came to Alapata, to the school mm -hmm. that was on, was honoring, you know, with, with her, her giving name. her her name. So to me, that was an honor. <clears throat> and in that school so far, we have 11 artists. That's incredible. Incredible. And this is just little by little because it's really our budget. Yeah. You know, if we had a big budget, then we could get 10, 20 artists at a time. But it's just one right. artist, two artists at a time, and we just steady building. But what, what you're creating is priceless. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you think it's this? Do you want me to turn it Maybe. off? Let's turn it off. Yeah, I think what you're doing is priceless, though. You know, because the the faces on the kids when they see it, it's, it's yeah. like yeah, I mean, it, it just it inspires them. 
they yeah. see something like wow i want to do that it, it, they it, see it, so creativity. much possibility right and they feel honored they feel yeah. like oh this is my school it's an honor like yeah. i have other projects that i want to do there's there's this project going cherry project it's these projects that are four blocks away <clears throat> i can't wait till i'm able to have a budget to work on that one you're looking at 60 buildings they're all like monotone one color mm-hmm there's nothing that's inspiring about that place. And it's right next to the school. It's right next to El Espacio 23. Right. It's close to us. So eventually I want to put a, a, a proposal together to get funding to bring 60 artists to paint each of the buildings, to have like a weekend festival and bring artists to perform live and have food, you know, just do something yeah. beautiful. And then imagine all those kids coming out of their project before they go to school I was going to say, the pride the that that creates <clears throat> yes. in, in the kids that belong to those neighborhoods to say, like, this is where yeah. I live, you know? And... A lot of those kids go to the school, so they yeah. see me painting at the school. Yeah. And I've told them, hey, don't worry about it. Soon I'm coming for your home. You know? oh, and it's like, it's, it's, you know, because of They're COVID, holding take, you to it. Yeah, they're, they're, like, waiting, hey, they're waiting for me. You said. <laughs> Yeah, so so we're working. It's something we wanted to do in 2019. We weren't able to do it. 2020, COVID, we weren't able to yeah. do it. And then this year, <clears throat> we'll see. Hopefully, we could pull it off. If not, then next year for sure. So in, in 2019, after, you know, 2015, I moved in. Started cleaning up the property. 2016, incorporated. Continued to work on the property. 2017, you know, um, continued to, you know, it's just, it's just it's a lot of work it's a lot of work to work on the property to work on setting up the airbnb um <clears throat> the events um you know when we started doing events we, we teamed up with a lot of great organizations y young people you know putting on for miami or for the tri-county area you know and and i want to speak of this because i, I want to mention these names of course yeah <clears throat> backroom sessions you know, it's a collective of young adults that, um, you know, musicians, poets, you know, designers, artists. It's a beautiful collective that, you know, I, I reached out. Um, I reached out to them and they actually came. They saw the location. They loved it. And they hosted five events, including their volume eight. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we're being into numbers. Eight represents yeah. Esquina de Abuela. So the fact that they did volume eight at Esquina de Abuela and they created a can. It was just an amazing event that, that was created. And they're still around and they're still doing great things. So shout out to Backroom Sessions for being there from the get-go at Esquina de Abuela. Um, from there, also another group, Soul Era. And, and we did, you know, a couple of amazing events with them as well. So I just... I'm just saying these names out there be just because uh, they should be commended for the amazing work they're doing right. for other fellow artists. And, and for me, it was an honor to have them at Esquina de Huela and, and host some of the events they did. <clears throat> and I mentioned Nomad X Lab, the group from New York. And, you know, in, in 2019, when we finally came out on the newspaper, imagine opening up the New Times and there being a full page <clears throat> picture of me with a skinny abuela logo throwing up the 305 sign and talking about how art goes west yes you know i i previously wanted to do an event at esquina 
my first event ever at Esquina, the um, you know, somebody was gonna do it, but then they were that young lady, Macy Todd, was 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 told by other local Miamians that this place was too far. It was maybe too ghetto, maybe oh, it was too whatever. So then Macy reached out to me and says, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to do it, but it was really because these two young ladies didn't see my vision. You know, they have they have their own vision and they're part of a, a, a big collective that do great things in Miami as well. But unfortunately, they didn't see my vision and they dissuade uh, this lady from, you know, uh, doing an event there. And not to give them, you know, bad name. I, I won't mention their name, but, you know, yeah. they're important members of Miami that unfortunately didn't see that. And for a while, I had kind of a chip on my shoulder with them, you know, but then... Um, it felt great to see the article in the New Times says art goes west. Yeah. When I was told it was too west, you know, like, oh, it's not in Wynwood. It's too, you know, it's not on 7th Avenue. It's right. on 22nd Avenue. It's, it's pretty out west. It's in the heart of, of Alapata. So, and, and that's kind of been one of the struggles of Esquina because there's a lot of different areas in Wynwood and Little Haiti where you have collective, a lot, a lot of people, and, and they all kind of feed off of each other. Where I'm at, I was pretty alone. So it's been a little bit extra difficult to, to yeah. make things happen. But here we are, we're still doing it. You believed in your vision. Yeah. Yeah, yeah burn the ship and keep on going. Yeah. And not look back. Exactly. Exactly. So coming out in, in the New Times was an honor to be in an article that says, Art Goes West. Here we are. And then if you go in, they, they're talking about the Rubels. Which mm -hmm. have had a you know their collective for over twenty five years in Wynwood. Now they brought their hundred thousand square foot museum, the Rubel Museum, to Alapata. and to be in an article with them is amazing. And if you continue to talk, it talks about El Espacio 23, which is owned by George Perez. You know the Pam, the Pam yeah. Perez Art Miami Museum. Here's the developer of a related group, a billionaire, with a gallery five blocks away. That's true. So to see like institutions like El Espacio 23, the Rubel, and now the latest one, Super Blue, all in Alapada, and I have some type of liaison and connection with each of them is amazing. Yeah. You know, we've had now three of the art residents from El Espacio 23 that have actually come to Esquina and had a tour. Um, the first the first one, you know, Colombian from Bogota, he came and he I, I gifted him some things and he made an art piece that's now hanging in this gallery. Like, what an honor to have a piece created from things that I gave him from Esquina. And there's like pictures of of what I gave him, of myself and Esquina. And, and there's a writing. It talks about my grandmother, Esquina, and myself. So uh, what a great honor. <clears throat> and then we had another uh, another artist from Africa. He came and, and he took some things and I guess he's creating, and then just recently, uh, one of their most recent art resident, Camila from Cuba, came by. I think it was yesterday. Oh, so what an very honor. recent. Yeah, what an honor to have her over and and show her esquina. So you know, these are just little things that fill me up and make me happy. Yeah, little things that let you know you're on the right track. Yeah, for sure. Which is necessary when. Like we said previously, when you're starting on uncharted territory, you kind of need these signs to let you know, like you're in the right. You're place. on the right place. Yeah, yeah keep going. Yeah, 
Dude, there was one time that I had um I had a developer come and sit with me for three hours and try to convince me to on sell? why I should not sell but do a joint venture with him and put a building there. He told me your property's <laughs> worth so much if we knock it down and put up a building, you know, five stories, you can get so much more money. So imagine three hours of, of talking. And at some point, somebody came to the gate, and I went, when I went over, it was somebody from El Espacio 23 that came over with some flyers, and he wanted to invite me over. He's like, oh, you know, it, it was somebody that, that he came with uh, with that first artist from mm-hmm. Colombia. I'm, I apologize. I can't remember his name right now on the spot. It'll come to you, and then we'll link, yeah, we'll yeah. put his name down below okay, cool. so people can check him out. Excellent. Yeah. So this young man came from El Espacio 23 to give me these flyers. He's like, oh, here's, you know, here's a stack of them just in case anybody that's here, let them know that on March 7th, we will be having uh, an an event mm-hmm. and that our piece that he created will be on the wall so you could come see it. Because they had, you know, all these VIP parties during Basel, but I didn't have time for that because I was painting the schools and doing right. the Great Wall of Alapada. So now finally, March 7th, I was able to go with my mother and my girlfriend at the time to go see this art piece. But but before we get there, just in case, the importance of this guy arriving with that paperwork, mm-hmm. right? When he gave me that, I went to the developer and I go, you see this? This is a sign. Like yeah. you can't get a more clear sign. My birthday is March 7th. So this guy just showed up telling me the art piece that this, the first art resident from El Espacio 23 is from Bogota. He created, we're hanging it on our wall, and we want you to come on March 7th, on your, your birthday, birthday, to come see it. If that's not a sign, I don't know what uh, it is. Yeah. So I sat down with him, and I'm like, listen, man, I'm sorry. I know you're telling me that I could get this much more money, but I really believe what I'm doing and the brand is worth even more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the because of the impact it's going to create for this community. Exactly. And after three hours, he left. And <clears throat> just keep on going, keep on going. And, and really, 29, because of, after coming out on the newspaper, it was a way of telling my mother, my father, my girlfriend, my friends, everybody that doubted me, look, look, see, we're, 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 we're in the right direction. People are noticing what we're doing. So 2020 really was our time to shine. You know, right now everybody's into you know cryptocurrencies yes. and Bitcoin and Ethereum and NFTs and DAOs and DeFi. Yeah. These are all new things to many of us. Um, but in our 2019, our Basel, not only did we create the Great Wall of Alapada, which was at Studio 68, amazing artists from around the world did legendary pieces on this three-story building. We call it the Great Wall of Alapada, coined by Jim Vision from England. On that wall, we have Seyo from Switzerland. He's a legend. He did this amazing wall. This is like a forty, fifty thousand dollar wall. That's incredible. He did it for free. Wow. I paid for the scaffold. I mean, I'm sorry. I paid for the lift. I paid for the paint, and I housed him. But he did it for free. It's 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 his biggest piece in thirty nine years. This man is a legend. And he did it for free. He didn't charge a penny. That's, okay, so, that's but, the power says, of art, though. Yeah, it's right like, there. And this is his masterpiece. Like, up to now, this is his yeah. masterpiece, and completely for free for the residents of Alapada. 
And, you know, this wall is legendary. It has Esquina Abuela on it, Fabian. It has Alapada and Big because, it, you know, that's what this was about, you know, bringing yeah. Alapada up. Not not only the art institutions, but us as, as citizens. Exactly. As residents of Alapada. And then you have Bigoji from Brazil, Studio Flop from Brazil, Binho from Brazil, uh, Gamma, Gamma One from Switzerland, Jim Vision from England, The Amazing Ski, a legend from Puerto Rico. And then the last piece that wasn't fully completed just because of time constraints, but by a space, an artist from Sweden. So imagine having this legendary wall completed Eight artists again. My number eight, Esquina de Abuela. Yes. And you know, it, it came out in the newspaper. So those in that article, Art Goes West, it had a picture of myself at Esquina, picture of the Rubels, and then a picture of half of the wall that Sayo did because it didn't fit. Um, you know, I hope that everybody can come check it out too. And For sure. Like I said, you could reach out to us through IG. I think is the best way. But if yeah. you Google us, I'll show you where it is. Right. Reach out to me, Fabian. I run the the marketing. Hopefully, in the future, I'll have a community manager. For now, <laughs> I'm the man with many hats. I think yeah, I was gonna say you said you were gonna find someone. We're not gonna let you forget because you you wear too many hats. You need yeah. to slow down a little. Seven bit. seven days a week for yeah. four years. That's crazy, but, man. But it's paying off. It's but paying you're off. doing it. Yeah, and, and it's I'm getting incredible. and little by little more and more people that that are are teaming up with us. We you know we have yeah. a EDA Esquina de Abuela crew. And it's worldwide. Anybody that's ever lived at Esquina, created Esquina, put into it, they are a part of the family. And we're appreciative, you know, of them. And, uh, yeah, we just want to continue to grow and continue to provide a space, a safe space for, for local art and yeah. and domestic and, and international artists right. to connect. It, it is a connecting place. Yeah. So many people come here to connect. Right. You know, so that's a beautiful thing, too. I love it. The one thing I love credit for is connecting people yes. for doing good things. Yeah. I, I love knowing that somehow something that I did or Esquina did bettered somebody's life or, yeah. or, or connected to people to do great things. That's definitely one of my favorite things to know. I, I know. It's it's so cool when you get that comment or that call like, hey, this person you introduced me to, you know, I'm I'm mm. working with them on this. I've just even the way we got connected. Yes, you know. Yeah, we had met at Tabitha's uh, bookstore. Yes, the um, it, the bookshop. The bookshop, which is this month, is hosting its very first um, annual book festival, which is um, Miami's known for Miami Book Fair, but Miami Book Fair is only for a week. So Tabitha's. Uh, book festival is special in the sense that it has an event going on every single day surrounded mm -hmm. around books and art and community um it's it's amazing and you know and the fact that i met tabitha like five or six years ago she's seen the progress of esquina yeah. she stayed at esquina she is the author of my grandmother's book yeah. it's going to be completed next year you know uh the way you know, the, all of this tied in the the, right. the way you know Florida Man called. Which uh, for those called, of you that don't know, yeah. Florida Man is Javi Covas, Javier Covas, who is um, was a former student of mine. Yeah. So imagine through a former student of yours, he reaches out to me with you on the line, <laughs> t 
talk, you know, for us to do some great things together. When I see that you're so much into literature, I'm like, oh, you should meet my, you know, my friend Tabitha. And you're like, what do you mean, Tabitha? I was there yesterday. Yeah. And then I'm like, so what do you funny. mean? I was at the man's circle. She's like, my husband was at the man's circle. So like the way we, like everything is happening just yeah. shows alignment and shows right. how like everything's going the way it's supposed and to. And I don't think I mentioned to you, um, Tabitha had told me about oh I, this friend of mine whose uh, story I'm working on for his grandmother. So I knew about you, but I put two and two together and realized it was you. So when you start talking, it was like, oh my goodness, like this is you, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's crazy how synchronicity all of a sudden happens. Yeah. And and with all the people I mentioned, I, I just keep on remembering I should have bought better notes. But <laughs> I, I also want to mention um one time expo. One time expo okay. was a collective of about twenty Cuban artists. Oh wow. You know? Um, we hosted a couple of events and then this young man says, oh, I have this idea that I want to do and I want to use your space to create it. And he hosted the first one and it was amazing. And it's imagine like, you know, there could have been some other pe- uh, people from other countries, but I would say 95% were young Cubans from 20 to 30 that arrived to Cuba, you know, arrived to the U.S. anywhere from two years ago to maybe 18 years ago. And they all got together and they rolled up their sleeves and they washed and they cleaned and they moved things and they just completely transformed the Esquina de Abuela and just did an amazing show. Right. And I was so proud of them. I was like, wow, these, you know, with limited resources, they did such an amazing show. Yeah. That uh, then he reached out to me and says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm down to, you know, do another one. And they did another one on July 31st. And the same thing, you know, like this team of, you know, there there was uh, there was singers, rappers, spoken words, uh, painters. You know, like all t- I t- uh, on the second one, there was also uh, people that did the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine you come into Esquina and 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 it it was just it was completely transformed. It was so amazing. Um, there's this one piece that Leti Caramona did and. Sorry, next time I'll have notes. We can add it. We'll, Don't we'll worry. Add it. We'll add it. But they did a theater piece where imagine when you come in and there's these two women, one of them with a Cuban flag and then the other one reading, reading things that parents were, were, were talking about. Like, why are they taking away my kid? Oh. Or just And then one wall filled with old Cuba, new Cuba, and another wall filled with all the people that, all the dissidents that were arrested. My goodness. So... That's so I, powerful. I just, yeah. So I just wanted to bring the attention to that one time expo. They hosted two events. I'm hoping they do other ones there. Um, just the creativity of Cubans. And at the same time, as we did that, it was mm-hmm. to bring light to look at these young Cubans here, what they were able to create. Yeah. Right? All we want is the Cuba, the the artist in Cuba to do the same. Exactly. Give them the freedom to do the same. Yeah. That's all they want. Let people you know? create and live yeah. their lives. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Fabian. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you here. My and pleasure we will have all here. the information linked down below. And we hope that we see a lot of people out there for these these upcoming dates that we'll have posted. Um, and we appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for your time and hope you 
are having a great day oh and i always forget to say um make sure that you leave a thumbs up or if you're listening to us on the podcast platform you leave a rating that's super helpful and we will see you next time thank you